This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The, is it morning yet, deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Wake up with a little splash of sweetness. Get any size iced coffee from caramel to hazelnut to French vanilla for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Or Bart Simpson, or Mickey Mouse, or Daffy Duck. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the six minutes of injury time. Injury time, injury time. Knockout takes, Almunia saves, knockout follows in, Almunia saves again. And now Wobbler on the counter-attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini! I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy Dini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. I think it's time we had another story, another bus driver who's lost or something. No, no, there's no more bus driver ones, but this one's related to the bus. So, as I say, I used to travel on the bus, and on a a Thursday afternoon uh, at the training ground, there'd be a notice up. Graham would put it up who was travelling, so there'd be, I don't know, 18 players. Because back in the day, you had maybe three subs, so you'd have a couple of backups. And then you'd have um, Ron, the bus driver, and Kenny, and Luther, and Tom Wally, and the physio and me, and we'd all be on a list. And then at the bottom, it would say what we were wearing. It was completely random. Some games, it would be travelling club tracksuit. Other days, it would be travelling club suit. But you obviously had to do what it said. So if it was club tracksuit, you all wore club tracksuits. And if we were staying overnight, then we would get to the hotel middle of the afternoon. And I think local football fans sort of work out. Now, if I, if I live in the Nottingham area, I like football. I, I know which hotels teams are going to go to. So, you know, if we rocked up in Manchester, they pretty much knew which hotel teams were coming to. And so you would have a gathering of loosely football fans, pe- people who liked autographs, that sort of thing, you know. Yeah. And they'd be there with their scrapbook and their footballs and sometimes a Watford shirt. But generally, they, they didn't really know who the Watford players were. They just knew they were footballers and they wanted an autograph. And so players would get off and sign it. But because we were in club tracksuits. Graham would sign it. Kenny would sign it. And I'd sort of walk past it. And Graham said to me, why, well, you know, just be easier if you signed it. <laughs> I said, but I'm not famous. He went, yeah, but you're, you know, it looks bad if you just nudge him away. So, all right. So I did. And I could just imagine these kids going home to their dad and showing them the ball. And the dad There said, are people out there with your autograph. <laughs> well, no, the dads would be saying, do you know what? I had no idea Gary Lineker played for Watford. Oh, were you, were you signing <laughs> Gary oh, no, Lineker? No, you didn't. No, you or didn't. Bart, or Bart Simpson, or Mickey Mouse, or Daffy Duck. I just thought that'd be more fun. That's so fantastic. Oh, that's, 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 
totally <laughs> lowered the value of a load of signed shirts. What a stitch <laughs> kids in the north of England that have got, you know, 19 Watford signatures and a handwritten Bart Simpson. That is fantastic. That is brilliant. That is I, I apologise to all those kids now that I, I spoiled their scrapbook. But, you know, in a way... I was, I was trying to be more constructive than, than giving them my signature, which was worth nothing. You, <laughs> as opposed to shithousery. As opposed to Bart Simpson. Yeah. 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 Yeah, let's be honest Brilliant. here, right? The, the fact that your mum washed out the autographs out of that shirt has left an awful ah. lot of emotional scarring, and therefore Dappy Duck was then suddenly <laughs> signing things all over the north of England. Yeah, I started off with footballers. So I did start off with Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer and things like that. But then I thought, oh, I might be in trouble here because I'm prob- that's probably a forgery. So then I went down the, you know, I did a couple of Roy Race. But then I thought people <laughs> might Roy Race. So then I just went down the Homer Simpson, Bart Simpson, Mickey Mouse route. You fantastic. Know. Yeah. That's fantastic. I'd love to see these shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I used to. I say you can have to stretch it a bit if you want it proper, and yeah. they'd be there putting these shirts tight, and then I'd do a really good Homer Simpson for them. You know, with a couple of flourishes in there as well. You know, a big loopy S or something. Oh, so you you actually were getting really involved with? Oh it, yeah, so. yeah. It was it was all legible. You could read it. There's no point doing it if you couldn't read it. It was quite clearly it said Homer Simpson, Bart Simpson, Mickey Mouse. Yeah, just reminded me of another story. And I, I can't remember the player, but at the training ground on a Thursday afternoon, we used to lay out shirts and pennants and things that people wanted signed. And the players had to walk past them to get to the, the foods. So we knew they'd sign it grudgingly sometimes. But one day, two shirts got overlaid. So when we went to pick them up, there was one shirt with nothing on it. The next day, we were supposed to be giving it on a home match day to a sponsor. So there was one player, I can't remember who it was. It was late coming out of the dressing rooms. We said, look, can you sign that shirt? And then can you do a few other signatures? And he did. So we packaged it up. And a week later, we got a letter back saying, thanks very much for the signed shirt. However, I think someone was having a bit of fun. And he'd done what I did. He'd done his own signature and then random names, you know, like John Travolta and, you know, I don't know, George Michael. And this, you can imagine the sponsors thinking, this isn't right. This yeah. is eating a piss. What a con. <laughs> what a con. He, said, he generally said, you just said sign some other names. Oh, for God's sake. I, I, even I know what that I instruction was. I want to know who was. that player was. I want to know who that Honestly, was. Honestly, if, if I could remember, I would tell you, but... I, it was someone someone who wasn't playing because they were slow out of the dressing room. But, yeah, we had to do a whole new shirt for them. So, yeah, it's just another signing story that came to mind. Fantastic. Yeah, we'll, we'll just assume, in the absence of any other name, that it was Andre Gray, even though it was many, many years before him. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Believe me, it, it, there was a pool of players that would have done that because they didn't have clear instructions. You just said... <laughs> really? <laughs> Let's go punter's question. This one, um, good friend of the podcast, and, and I, I saw this question earlier, and it is... It, it's superb. So uh, in 99-2000, when GT got us promoted to the Premier League, it was said that GT wanted an experienced marquee signing. We were linked with Lota Mateus and Stoichkov, I believe that is. Any truth with these? Risto Stoichkov, yeah. No, not that I'm aware of. You know, generally speaking, if we were signing somebody, I, I got tipped off a few days before, so you could start to do your research and pull together facts. And no, never 
didn't hear those names at all. And and it would have gone against his ethos, really, because I don't know if I said last time, but, you know, his feeling was I, I could, you know, I could go and agree a deal with somebody, but would they want to come? Or I could sign people that want to come, but would they make any difference? And I just don't think he would have tried to sign someone of that type because it would have bust the wage structure. You'd have had a big personality in the dressing room that would have, you know, stood out a mile. You know, above that, I, I don't, don't recall those names being ever mentioned and I'm sure I would have done but no so shame if I've you know if I've peed on someone's chips there but no don't remember that at all Justin you mentioned the the Hornet hotline having a link to Lothar Mateus at one point it did. Wasn't it? So- I, I do yeah I do remember ringing the Hornet hotline and Lothar Mateus's name was mentioned as a rumour but that was probably all it was. The Hornet it? hotline. That yeah, was that was probably you that was doing yeah, the recording, wasn't it? This is the question. Yeah, you know yeah. where we're going. We had to put the headlines on. So you'd say things like, you know, Star departs Vicarage Road, and you'd ring up and find out that Tommy Mooney had left to go on a holiday. Now, I'm not lying. <laughs> no, you're not lying. And that'll be and that'll be one pound fifty, please. Yeah. yeah. And also, <laughs> when you're on Hornet hotline, you've got to talk very slowly yeah. because yeah. you're paying £1.50 a minute. Yeah, you are, yeah. I'm just going to remind you that the reserves are playing tonight because I want to get through a minute before I tell you anything interesting. <laughs> and then I'm going to tell you that Tommy Mooney's the star who's departed for the weekend on the holiday. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I do remember the Hornet hotline. Yeah, I'm so glad that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> what a con. Right, was it? Is it question or story time? Story it's, time, it's I think. Story time. Yeah, story time. Is, yeah. So this this one is is Watford related, and as much as it happened at Watford, but it's not about a Watford player. So when you're in the Premier League, I think I said before, you know, you get a lot of requests for press passes, particularly when you're playing the big six, so Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal. You know, and a lot of them were spurious. So I remember once getting a phone call from Mike Parry, the Talk Sport presenter, when we were playing Everton. Yeah. Saying, um, Can I have six passes? And I said, no, you can't. He said, but I'm from Talk Sport. I'm Mike Parry. I said, I know, but someone else is covering the game from Talk Sport. You can't have them. And he rung the GP's active and had a right go. But we, no, we wouldn't do it. Then another time, another time I got a request. We were playing Manchester United. I got a request from the editor of Puzzler magazine. <laughs> that well-known football related. Obviously a magazine full of crossword puzzles yes. and word searches. And his rationale for wanting a press pass was that he was doing a word search with Man United players in it and he wanted to check their sermon. <laughs> I just rang him up and said, look, you know, nice try, but you're just trying to blag a free ticket. Went, yeah, fair cop. I said, we can't have one. But I thought, I thought that was absolutely magnificent. You know, Puzzler magazine. Just getting there going, yeah, Vander Howe. <laughs> God loves but, a tryer. That's yeah, fantastic. But the one I'm going to tell you about was uh, an actual genuine one. So uh, the Press Association used to do this thing that you probably, it's actually still on Soccer Saturday. So someone has to phone through to the Press Association that a goal's been scored or there's been a red card. Um, and if you watch something like the BBC ticker, they'll actually have more detail. If you watch your BBC website commentary, it'll say things like, you know, player A passes to player B, shot over the bar. Someone has to dictate that. And in the day, PA used to use ex-footballers. And you'd have an ex-footballer who regularly came to your game. And often it'd be a player that played for the club. So I think Steve Terry did a lot of it for Watford. We see Trevor Aylott a lot. Random Trevor Aylott would be sent to game. And out of nowhere, one day, Paul Davis, the ex-Arsenal midfielder, was the Press Association reporter. And he'd never been before. So we gave him his press pass. At that time, we had two areas of press seating. We had the press box at the back of the stand, the old stand, as you remember. Because we were in the Premier League, we then had more seats outside the press box. So they were still seats with desks, but they weren't actually physically in the press box. And <laughs> Paul Davis turned up. I, I caught him, and then I just saw him come steaming towards me. This isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. I said, what do you mean? He said, my press pass says outside. I can't be outside the stadium. I said, no, you're not outside the stadium. 
You're just outside the press box. Oh, oh, so I can still see the picture. Oh, wow. Oh, definitely. Definitely you can see the picture from there. I said, in fact, it's probably a better view. Oh, I look stupid now. I said, yeah, you do. (laughs) And 20 years from now, I'm going to tell everybody this story. (laughs) I had this vision of him standing in Occupation Road trying to work out where the ball was going. Where's the ball is, yeah. There's been a goal, but I don't know at which end. There was a story that Liverpool were in an away game and as often happens, if if businesses got word that footballers are in town, you'd often go to a hotel and there'd be a someone from a spa saying, "Would you like to join our spa?" Because obviously, you know, footballers got wedge. And on this occasion, there was someone from American Express who was trying to convince players to get a credit card. And um, a couple of players were interested because obviously, you know, the credit limit for a footballer, who cares? Mm. It's a, it's alleged that Jason McAteer was filling the form out, and he said. <laughs> Where it says position in business, do I say right back or right wing back? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I think we can use that because you said allegedly. So, yeah. Yeah. Allegedly, yeah. Yeah, we'll have that. Other other not so bright Liverpool footballers are also available. (laughs) That is fantastic. Social Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Ashley Blaker, and I'm hosting a new season of the comedy panel show, Never Write Off the Germans, in partnership with my diesel claim. Join me and my esteemed comedy guests as we discuss all that's ridiculous with the greatest show on earth this winter in a host nation with domestic football equivalent to the Isthmian League South. We'll guide you through the tournament covering everything that's funny with the countries taking part. Whether you're a diehard fan... Or an occasional bandwagon jumper just supporting your home nation until they're embarrassingly knocked out by Iran. Listen on the Sports Social Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. But remember, never write off the Germans. Right, let's get another punter's question out there. Now, this this one isn't really a question, but more of an overview of maybe the mistakes that have been made from Mm -hmm. the club in in terms of the communication and so forth and something we've covered before on the podcast i think we even we we spoke to you about it last time and this comes from wesley wheeler and he he puts first and foremost love the um three-part interview with yourself um thought it was brilliant looking at the you know the problems that have gone on before i i guess what he's trying to get at is where does the blame kind of lie and we look at um, going right back, you know, um, Shorty getting sacked. He, he mentions Andre Gray's interview where he's kind of brought Luther Blissett into it for no reason. And that the whole, he didn't really say sorry. There was that side of it. And of course, Luther Blissett as, as well, you know, as we know now, as, as there's an offer out there for, for Luther. Um, where do you kind of sit with, with, with all that, with, with regards to it? And I know we kind of what for the trying to turn the page, but who's to blame? You know, where does where does the blame lie? That's a tricky one because obviously I'm, I'm not working at the club now, so mm-hmm. I don't know who makes the decisions, and it would be really unfair to, to yeah, of course, who's to blame. It comes back to you know the, the culture at the club. So when you're talking about say um, the Andre Gray interview, I, I don't know now if that would happen because I should imagine you have to go to the manager and he may say, I don't think that's a good idea. You've, you've got so many other players mm. that are good and interested to talk to that you don't need to go down that path. The other thing I'd say is I, I don't believe for one minute anyone, at any club, but particularly at Watford, sets out with any bad intent or anything. So when they when they do these things, it's not like they think, well, how can we really hack everybody off this week? I know we'll get Andre Gray to say something ridiculous and then that'll pee everybody off. You know, I, I, 
it just doesn't happen. You know, the majority of people who work there, as far as I know, are fans like me and you. So when it comes to blame, I think what you have to accept is that, you know, there's, there's, there's probably three things you've cited there that, that have, uh, you know, have gone a bit belly up. But you have to look at it in the context of how much else the club do in, in the communications area. And, you know, while they've gone, there's three things there that haven't gone well. There's lots of other things that have gone well, but people don't talk about them or remember them in the same way that, you know, you you remember the bad meal you had at a restaurant. You don't remember the 99 other times you went there and everything was fine. So I'm not trying to say that the club are perfect because they'll make mistakes, but something that Rob Edwards said to me today that that I, I really agree with is, you know, you have to accept that people will get things wrong and there will be mistakes. It's how you react to them. And if you make the same mistake several times, then that's a bad reaction. But if you make a mistake and then go, oh, no, we shouldn't have done that. Let's not do that again. That's a good reaction. And that's the same on the football pitch. You know, he was saying that he wants the players to go out and not be fearful of trying something or thinking, well, if I do this and it goes wrong, I'm going to get, you know, balled out and the fans are going to boo me. What he wants is a team that is prepared to express itself and try and if they fail then we're all behind you and we go again and well I don't want to say not go again never not that phrase um (laughs) I never want to hear that phrase again no no never again please ever Uh, sorry I'll I'll take I'll take a hundred lines for that um (laughs) I I I don't know with those particular things and and there's things that the club have done that you know I in the past have baffled me and I wouldn't have done them but then I'm not working there I don't know the cause Mm. and the reason behind it and there's things that I did. I mean, as an example, when I when I was editing the programme of the club, I did a piece where I used to lift stuff off some of the fans' forums and print it in the programme. And a couple of them were, you know, negatives about players. And Graham just called me in and said, um, that's got to stop. You're not doing that. And he said, but I'll tell you why. He said, you know, that's our club programme. He said, you wouldn't go into Marks and Spencers and pick up their suit catalogue and have someone saying, this suit's really shit. Don't spend £70 on it. You know, Mm. he said, this is our shop front. Mm. It's got to be positive. So I made a real screw up there and I had to think something else to do. I think the thing is, as long as someone explains why it's wrong and you learn from it, you go, yeah, I understand that. Don't do it again. So all the things you've cited there are things that went wrong, but I can't think of a repeat of the same thing. Does that make sense? I yeah, can't yeah, yeah. It does. Yeah. This is, that was crap. Let's do it again just to be sure it was crap. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm a big believer in you, you can't change. You can't. You can't change what's gone on. One of the last lines that Rob Edwards said today about being the manager is, because I asked him about previous managers, and he said, look, you know, I can't change any of that. I'm not any of those managers. All I can influence is from today onwards. So there's, you know, there's no point me talking about them, and there's no point me comparing myself to them because I'm very different and that's what I, you know I'm a big believer in that you can only influence the future learn from the past use it to influence the future so I probably haven't answered that question very well and no 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 it's a difficult one to ask it's you know to answer and it, it but because it's it's been sent in you know, no, I've, totally, I've positioned totally it, but I've what, a long answer because he praised me at the start. So that's all yeah, right. exactly, exactly. But while we're <laughs> on the subject, we, you know, you've you've met with with Rob today. What's your, your your kind of first impressions of him now that you've 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 sat down with him? Oh, massively, massively impressive. He he speaks confidently. He speaks with passion. He thinks about every answer. He looks you in the eye. He's obviously very knowledgeable. Little things appealed to me, like when he was answering my questions, he would regularly say my name. Now, not because I'm particularly bothered, but I love someone who goes, what a thing about that, Andrew. Or, Mm. you know, when you think about it, Andrew, because that just makes me think you've taken the time to remember my name and you're using it. And this is a really personal conversation and I'm I'm totally engaged and you're totally engaged. It's engagement, yeah. Yeah, and that's something that, you know, that's very hard to do. And then... I go down the stadium this afternoon and I'm waiting around to speak to the goalkeeper and he pops up and you're right, Andrew, what, do you not get enough of me this morning? He's remembered your name. 
and he's engaging. He could have just walked past me. Mm. He said a few things today that I really, you know, he said, I think it's really important that us on the football side remember that we need to go to the stadium and pop our head around the door of the office and say, hello, how are you doing? What do you think of the weekend? You know, what are your kids doing? He said, because there shouldn't be a them and us. There should be a club. And it's the fact that we're at London Colney. shouldn't stop us going down and finding out what's going on. And, you know, he said, I'm going to be encouraging the players to go and talk to someone they've never spoken to before or go and say hello to somebody they don't know. Just those little things, you know, you sit there and you think, yeah, this is very different. As an example, mm. you know, the goalkeeper of Maduka today, when he came to do the media, he introduced himself. Hi, I'm Maduka. Not like there's no no assumption that we knew who he was. Let's be honest, we weren't going to bump into many six foot seven people. No, in this. no. I don't know whether he's been told to do that, whether that's the way he is, whether he's seen what other people do, but that's impressive and that will impress people. And that is a cultural thing. You know, that's that's what's going to come from the manager. I can't remember exactly what he said, but there's there's a lot when you read it that you'll sit there and you think, yeah, I, I could work for someone like that. I could work with someone like that. I would like to be friends with someone like that. Forget the fact he's Watford manager. He's just a really nice bloke that I want to do well. Answered mm. all the questions and he thought about it and he was thoughtful and his answers weren't just platitudes. You know, it was he's a really interesting guy. Hopefully you'll read it and you'll feel the same. And I came away really, really heartened because he corroborated a lot of what Scott Duxbury had said. Now, I don't know whether, you know, they've got a, a list around the back that they're all working from, but it, <laughs> it wasn't like that. You know, he... he obviously said what's in his head and what's in his heart and I wanted him to succeed I mean I did say you know mm. after speaking to him I'd go and run through a wall for him but then I retracted that statement just in case he decided to take me up on the idea well you got caught with the cross-country thing previously you know I mean I could there's many walls I could knock down just by walking into it <laughs> yeah now my overriding feeling was he's impressive you've got the right man for the job and he you know his his manner and his behavior and his words backed up everything that Scott Duffy said about him that's really encouraging yeah, yeah I really hope he succeeds just not just because for Watford, because he's a nice bloke. I think it's time for a story. Okay, so you remember Xavier Gravelin? Oh, the very scary <laughs> oh, Frenchman, uh, don't yeah, we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I did an A to Z or no, an A to Z of Watford and I, I used the X in Neil Cox because I refused to use Xavier Graveland. Xavier <laughs> Graveland was very, very unusual. Um, <laughs> very strange bloke. I mean, I don't know if you remember him. He, he always had eyes that were like piss holes in the snow. Oh, red. Know, he like he'd been up all night. Bright red. He, yeah. Yeah, he just he just looked dishevelled. He did. But anyway, I mean, and you couldn't really, you couldn't really engage with him because he, he didn't really speak much English. I mean, he did, but he chose not to. So you didn't really get to know him very well. And he was quite withdrawn. Obviously, at that time, you know, we were in the Premier League. And we did a lot of travelling away. And it turns out that unbeknown to Xavier, obviously, there's a rooming list. So players get a list. And generally, you know, you room with the same people. So Alex Chamberlain would room with Nigel Gibbs. And, you know, the young players would room together. If you roomed with Xavier Gravelin, it's because you've given the worst performance in training that week. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the punishment, was to room with Zachary. <laughs> Why was he such a bad roommate? Well, number one, he used to smoke in bed. Gull <laughs> <laughs> was, I'm imagining. So yeah. He sat on the bed. It would be it would be pitch dark, and then you'd hear, and then this red glow, and you'd hear the window opening, and you'd hear, and then the window would shut, and then you'd and then the window would hear, but of course the smoke filled the room. He said, then the light, the red glow would go out and then you did. And he would, you know, chain smoke for about an hour. And then they said, you know, he wouldn't have a light on at any time. So you'd be stubbing your toe trying to go to the toilet. And he just didn't speak to anybody. You know, he just, he just didn't talk. So you can imagine, you know, if you're in a hotel room from sort of seven o'clock at night or seven in the morning with a bloke who smokes out the window, doesn't speak to you and won't turn the light on. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah that, that I noticed improvements in training participation. <laughs> yes, in fairness, I've got a marriage based on most of that, so that's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that that, um, yeah, if you train badly in the second half of the Premier League season, then your punishment was to share a room with Xavier Gravelin on the next away trip. That is fantastic. That is brilliant. He weren't there for that. long, was he, Xavier Gravelin? He didn't seem no, like he was there very long. He just, I just remember him for the two goals against Southampton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's one of the games that we won, wasn't it? The Southampton yeah. at home game. Yeah. yeah, they're not hard to remember. 3-2, yeah. That is brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah, Gravelin. I mean, what, what a great position for him to get himself into, though, because basically he could turn up and train like a dog. And what's he going to do? Just get a room to himself? I mean, that's brilliant. <laughs> There was a suggestion that we should take an uneven number of players on away games so that nobody had to share with him. But (sighs) that was the punishment. And you, you know, I remember Micah Hyde doing. He said, "I'm I'm not doing that again. I'm going to bust the gut in training. I'm not doing that again." That's brilliant. That's brilliant. He was scary. There was something really scary about Xavier Gravelin. He was quite intimidating, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, he had one though, you know, he had that look about him that, you know, he would just for no reason might jump up and hit he you. Did. you know? He did. Like, he boot, quite, like a bulldog chewing a wasp. Yeah. Very withdrawn. But really? yeah, I just thought that that was a great punishment. There used to be other things, you know, you, it, uh, one season they had this yellow jumper that you had to wear if you were the worst trainer. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, taking it to the degree of you share a room with a bloke who's obviously got some odd habits. Yes, we have got to try to get Xavier Gravelin. Yeah. Via an interpreter. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. It's basically just going to be the sound of somebody lighting a cigarette and blowing it out of the window. Blowing yeah. out. Yeah. Right. Right. Punter's question. Punter's question. This one comes from Louis, and it is if there was one manager you could have worked with, who would have it who would have it have been and why? Obviously, you work with GT. Ooh. But, but is there another manager out there? Oh, you worked with Alan Kirbsley as well, Charlton, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, I did work with Alan Kirbsley. So what, was he, what, what was he like, actually, very quickly? Because I, I quite like Alan from afar. Can I plead the fifth on Alan? Oh, dear. Ooh. Oh, of course you can. Okay. Um, yeah, let's just leave it at, you know, he maybe wasn't quite the same person off camera as he was off cam- on camera. Ooh. Let's leave it at that. Right. Yeah. We don't want to lie Cut. to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got several amusing stories about him, but I, I think he's quite litigious as well. So let's, probably let's move on. Yeah, I don't want to get sued. We'll move on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, are we talking yeah. about managers who managed Watford that I'd like to have Let's worked? do both. Let's do managers both. that managed do Watford. Do both. I, yeah. I wouldn't have minded being around the Nigel Pearson time because I think I, that would have been fascinating. I'd like to have been in the dressing room or in the tunnel on certain games. I think that would have been fascinating because um, there's lots of rumours I've heard and, and there'll mm. always be rumours because I'll never get the answer. But he also struck me as someone who would just be good fun. You know, he's a bit random. And yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I regret the fact that he didn't get longer, but then... Mm. That was the fashion around the time. So, yeah, I would like to like to work with him, uh, provided he got a longer spell, because I think he would have just been interesting and fun and you could have um, done stuff with him. And I think he would have, uh, yeah, I'd like to have been there after certain games to see what went on. So, yeah. West, West Ham, Ham half-time, perhaps. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, as for managers that didn't manage Watford, I wouldn't have, I mean, because I met him a couple of times and I think he would be extremely amusing to work with. Harry Redknapp would be because yeah. he, he had, you know, he had a Richter scale that was incredible. So he, he could go from, you know, being your mate and laughing and joking to wanting to take your head off in a sentence. You know, yeah. Completely, you know, but he never, he never hit it. You know, he had a, he had a temper and he would speak his mind and he'd effing blind and then he'd finish, he'd laugh about it. Um, and I quite like that. You know, I don't <laughs> mind some. Once they've done it, they don't bear a grudge, you know, and I, I, I'm sure 
he would have there would have been some uh, you know I'd, so much I'd like to ask him you know why did you take Carney yeah Carney what what was it about Carney that you found that you know wherever you went you needed him you know mm. what did, what was he a good driver <laughs> you know, did he have a good recipe for ratatouille you know what is it that you wherever you went you had a need for Carney well you know? it, it was probably nice to have somebody of his own age to play with I imagine because Carney was Carney was <laughs> famously had a rather dodgy versatility Carney was fifty when he was in the youth team. <laughs> well, Pretty much. That reminds me of the legend that is Benny Rower. Oh, Bunyan's Ooh. Ben, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember when I remember when he Bunyan's Ben. I'd sort of done some digging on him and I think we found that he was twenty eight. And in the photograph, you know, he could have been twenty eight. Admittedly he might have had a paper round with some heels on it. <laughs> He was looking in the 28 bracket. And then I got a call from the physio at the time. He said, don't, you know, be discreet, but just drop in. I want to show you something. So I go in and he's obviously having his medical. And he whispered to me, look at his feet. I looked at his feet and it was like, you know, it was like your granny's foot. You know, there was a couple of bunions and gnarled toes and, you know... He could he could have raked soil with them. There ain't no way he's twenty eight. Not with feet like that, you know. It looked like he'd been wearing shoal sandals for about twenty years. You know, lumps and bumps all over the place. And yeah, I, I I'm not sure how old Ben was, but I don't think he was twenty eight. Not with those feet. Anyway. <laughs> That's brilliant. And if you remember, he, he had to miss some games because of the bunions. Yeah, I he remember had, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could have been Gal, for we know. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just remember getting called down saying, you've got to see this bloke's feet, you know. Sort of point he invited you down to come and see his feet. <laughs> I'm not really a feet person, but I, yeah. I did have to have a second look, you know. Just... <laughs> yeah. Say so what? Yeah. As, as, a, as a question on the side of that, Bobby, you mentioned previously like write or getting ready to write a number of uh, kind of articles about people joining. But of course, you always have the medical uh, oh, as somebody's yes. joining. Are there any other stories from either people that you've kind of either written and they've either failed the medical or something's gone slightly skewy? No, I, I didn't have the, the failed one. I mean, I, can't, I don't think I've told you this. No, I don't want to say the name, but there was a player who joined. And when you join, you obviously have the medical. In the meantime, the club doctor will come down and ask you certain questions. You know, do you have asthma? Anything, you know, do you have stuff with seizures? Anything that a club doctor needs to know? Do you smoke? You know, and obviously one question is, do you drink? And this player said, yeah, yeah, I do. I like um, lager. And so the club doctor said, well, how many? How many pints? Is he Scottish? I'm not saying. And the player said... (laughs) I said, all, oh, you know, sort of six to eight. And the doctor says, I put that down as weekly. He went, no, nightly. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, so that was one of them. Yeah, that, I'm trying to think what else. The, I didn't realise there was a club dentist who oh, used right. to come in. He would look at players' teeth. You know, that was another thing that I didn't realise. I mean, I didn't. I don't know if, it's a, if you could fail the medical having a bad set of gnashes, but... Um, <laughs> You know, that, that was there was a club dentist and a club doctor. But, yeah, I can't remember anything else. I mean, the only other thing I can remember with physio-related, not to do with a medical, was um, I was in the in the treatment room at Watford. This was before this new stand was built. So it was down one end of the old main stand. It wasn't anything flash. But there were two or three sort of like the hospital-style beds and there'd be a player in there, you know, with ice on a joint or something. And um, one of the players was having some muscle treatment. Uh, and he got a TENS machine. So that's the thing the yeah. um, pregnant women have. And it eases yeah. pain. So you put the pads on and, you know, it sends through bolts of electricity to ease pain. And there was another player face down having something done with a towel over his backside for, for privacy. And the player who was having the um, <laughs> TENS machine finished and got off the bed 
and the tennis machine pads were still there. So he stuck his hands under the towel and put the two pads on the bloke's knackers. But it was the maximum. And I've never seen someone fly off a bed so fast. <laughs> He's had a couple of good bursts of electricity through his, through his, uh, his sack. You know? <laughs> through his nuts. I <laughs> would have properly hurt. You know? That is fantastic. Good dressing room banter. Absolutely. I mean, there's a little <laughs> Well, you should electrocute your nuts. I don't know. I'm you sure say banter, yeah. I mean, one of the common ones they used to do in the restaurant was they would, um, if you left your suit hanging up, they'd fill your suit pockets with talcum powder so that when you oh, oh, no. puffed everywhere and then you were covered in talcum powder, or they'd, they'd take your socks and tie a knot in them really tight so you, so you couldn't get the sock on, but you also couldn't undo it. The best one I saw was a player bought a new car. And while he was out training, they went to his car and poured two things of lavender talc into the grills and then watched. And when he got in the car and turned the aircon on, it just blew this talc all through his car. But it stunk of like your nan's perfume. It was disgusting. And it covered everywhere. And it was, all his leather suits were covered in it. And of course, all the players thought it was great. And you couldn't make too much of a fuss because if they knew you were someone who did, you just got more of it. But yeah, yeah that was the sort of thing. You know, the tennis machine and the testicles was a one-off, but yeah. <laughs> Thankfully. It's encouraging to know they had a club dentist as well because there wasn't one clearly when George Riley and Ewan Roberts were playing, I would say. Well, no, no not required. No. No. <laughs> no, not then, no. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.